0: Good morning. Uh, right, who hasn't ever sort of seen he- seen me before? Anyone here? Yeah, lucky you. No. <laughs> no, uh, seriously. Um, it's just, I just feel at home. I kind of, uh, I think actually several people are trying to steal my passport this visit so I wouldn't be able to return. Yeah. And, um, but you see the thing is, that's how the word of knowledge works. I know what you're up to. I know your thoughts. <laughs> so it's hidden. It's locked away. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, uh, I mean, most of you know me, but just to sort of say it again, um, I'm from a place called Bromley, which is uh, south London, uh, so depending on who I'm meeting, I'm either from Kent, which is very nice, yeah. or south London, and um, they're just different, sort of very different areas, different people, and we're right on the right on the border, so we're 20 minutes uh, in, by train into the right of the heart of London, but within sort of 10 minutes' drive the other way, we're in the heart of country, so we're in a really nice place, it's the most average London Borough. There's recently a survey, and we are the most lo- average London Borough. It's like, you know, 1.8 children, 2.3 cars. You know, it's all the kind of we are bang on average. So um, I need to pray more so that we become less average and more crazy. Uh, so I'm married. Uh, I'm married to Anna. Anna uh, is uh, she. She's been healed from rheumatoid arthritis. I gave the story on. Uh, Saturday, if you want to hear that, you can hear that so i 'm not going to repeat it again, but um, I know what it 's like to have someone who is sick for a long period of time uh, where there was no uh, offer of any cure whatsoever um, she was She was being told she 'd be in a wheelchair uh, that was the prognosis, um, but I guess God knew different huh. so um, but if you want to hear that, I think it might encourage you uh, if you 're in that kind of situation. Uh, but also the power of the prophetic, and we've been talking this weekend about possessing the promises. And uh, one of the one of the reasons God gives us prophecy is to possess the promises. He it's like He says, "This is what I want you to have." You speak it back to Him, and it's like it's just an unfair fight because you know what He wants, and you speak it and you declare it, and you're determined with it, and you will possess what He's actually give, He's told you you can have. And that's how we, uh, <clears throat> in a very short thing, uh, got Anna's uh, healing. Um, I got a son who's 12, so I'm really missing. Actually, I've, it's like you've really made me feel homesick, you swine. Uh, this morning, <laughs> it's like I got a lovely little card from him, uh, which was a mix of a crocodile, and alligator, uh, a crocodile and a chicken. Look, I've made a croco chicken for you. He's 12 years old, and um, he's always he loves online stuff and gaming, and he's trying to develop his own games, and he's he's got some ideas for apps, and I mean he's. I mean, I'm gadget, I'm gadget freak, and he's gadget freak times like power of two. I guess, we, you know, like father, like son. So anesthesia sort of disappear off, and we're trying to make planes fly, and tanks blow up, and, yeah, any way to hack the system, basically. And um, <clears throat> so, but the other, the other month, normally I get the call, Dad, can you come and... it's normally, can I have your password for something to buy? That's the deal. <laughs> Who's... I mean, is anyone... <laughs> either money from the wallet or, or password for something to buy, because we don't use money now, do we? we just oh, As long as I have a password, I have access to my dad's PayPal, my dad's, you know, whatever. And so he, uh, you know, he's always saying, oh, can I buy this? Can I look at this? And uh, One of the issues we've had as well is about the whole kind of age thing. You know, he's 12. He wants to play 16 games. How does that work? And so we've actually made it a bit of a, a, a fun thing. And I, one, the thing I got was about uh, Bill Crosby. Or was it fathers? Your whatever you do, you're always going, to, only ever going to be 50% right. And I thought, yeah, that just about sums it up. Um, but we worked out a way of doing it where he would. Uh, <coughs> if he wants a game because it's not actually not. Uh, it's interesting because it's not actually illegal. It's advisory. And I used to think it was illegal, so I was being legalistic. No, you cannot because. And actually, when as I researched it, I realised it wasn't uh, illegal. It's advisory. And um, so I said, right, OK, well, let's look. And sometimes it's because it's complicated, not because it's violent. And so there's this whole sort of algorithm, if you like. So we went, we set up this process. Sorry, is this, is this boring for Sunday morning? I mean, what am I talking about? <laughs> it's just you, you did it. It's your fault, OK? You've made me think about him, so you're going to get this Is your punishment. Um, and, but you never know, it might be a hint or tip for you so we made it a fun thing rather than, you know, my, book, my friends at school want me to play this game and I can't and peer pressure, blah, 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 blah we made it a fun thing, well let's look at Amazon because, you know, how much is it? that's a good start, isn't it? How you know, what's what are the reviews there? is it a decent game? then we um, actually look at uh, all the YouTube we look at the gameplay and I sit with him and I say how does that make you feel? how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel like you want to love people more? Does it draw you closer to God? No. Yes. And he's kind of sometimes honest and sometimes like, yeah, but you don't understand, and you know. And um, and then we'll sometimes if it gets through those two tests, we'll then download a trial and and play it, and we'll play it together. And you know, again, what do you think of that? How does it make you feel? What's the what are the emotions that are stirring up? So we're trying to teach him to but so so what I'm saying is, normally I get the call, "Dad, can you look at this? Dad, can you buy this? Dad, can I buy this? Etc. Cetera, Etc." Cetera. I got a call from downstairs. You know, like he he shouts, "Dad!" and he's sitting there with his headphones on. You know, he has to shout really loud. And can you look at this? And I sort of my heart sank. Like, oh goodness, <laughs> what now? And it was a license, like or like, a, like a contract. A contract? He's 12 years old. What's he looking at? Contracts. I want to commercialise my YouTube channel. <laughs> so, like, I wasn't expecting that. Well, look, you see, if I can do this, then I can set with this network, and I can get this, and I'm getting some hits now, and so da 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 and we can commercialise this, and I could get, like, a cent every time someone looks at some these ads and whatever. That's all that. So I looked at it, and then about a week later, Dad! Up I go. And it's it's a license this time, a license from Apple, Apple computers, about the way you can use the music clips in their video editing software on things like YouTube, like sharing channels. And because it's things like Commons, it's a Commons license or whatever. And basically, he was saying to me, if I have used this in a clip, which I'm now using to make money from, Am I able, is that breaking the license? I'm like, you're 12 years old, Tom. You know, let's go out and play football or something. <laughs> anyway, so in the end, we had to write this to Apple because it wasn't clear. And we got a nice reply from him saying, yes, that's absolutely fine. and da-da-da. So he is now making some money. The first thing he bought with some of his money from his YouTube channel was a horse head mask. <laughs> Coming from the same boy who, when I went away, and it was Mother's Day, uh, I said to him, Tom, here's some money for mum. You get a card that you choose, get a present that you choose. And, you know, he said, but pray. I said, you know, ask God about it, pray about it, see if there's something that, something even with a message as well. And and <laughs> so he got some lovely flowers, a very nice card, and a potato. <laughs> and I said, seriously. So I got this picture. I am in Croatia uh, on ministry. <laughs> and, uh,. I see this email arrive and I look at it and it is a, you know, a a raw jacket potato. A baked potato. Is that what you call it? I don't know what you call it. Yeah, about that big. This was part of my Mother's Day present. I'm like, was there a message here? (laughs) So I said, I said, email I said, what, a potato? Really? What's this about? He said, well, she takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. That's my boy. (laughs) Isn't that too cool? (laughs) I think he's so shrewd and such a negotiator, he might have made it up just so that he didn't get an earful from me. (laughs) Anyway... uh so uh, I just wanted to say that um, one of the things that might come up, John John might mention um, in the next few weeks, and I guess I want you to, to be able to say that it's um, it wasn't all John. I want to either take some credit or some blame, I don't know which yet, it depends how well it works out, um, but um, you guys have come so far in the last, is it four or five years since you've moved here? And even the process of moving here. And I think there's something that God is saying about really rem- having something to remember his faithfulness. And um, uh, there's a lady called Pat who is an amazing prayer warrior. Uh, she lives near me. Uh, and she has absolutely engaged in prayer for you guys for several years now. Last, last year I was here, and I think we did it on Sunday morning, we might have done it Friday evening. Uh, I presented the, ch- well, presented the church but to John a 20 pound note which was from Pat uh, to really a symbolic thing one that God has not forgotten you even though you feel like you're over the other side of the other side and secondly that, um, he, that, that, that she was her faith was that as that was presented there'd be something that would break the, some of the debt that was hitting the church and, and so a significant effect a significant extent that has happened in the last year I know there are some things still. But um, we need to remember these things, and we need to be thankful. And I remember when I met John just a few weeks ago in London, because of Pat's prompting, uh, she said, you must speak to John, and you must ask him these questions. And I sort of said, uh, okay, uh, John, how was this? So from last year, there were challenges. How's that happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're through that. What about this? Oh, yeah, that's sorted. What about this? Oh, yeah, that's... So I said, we need to you know, we need to remember, we need to give thanks, because one of the issues with the people of God in the, in the Old Testament was they kept forgetting. And do we want to be a people that forget? No. I mean, we can moan about things now, and I, I guess we've all got things we I, believe me, I could start moaning. You want me to moan? I'll moan. But, you know, we look around the building, we look about things we want to do, and we're going, you know, I want, I, you know this could be done, that could be done, oh, if only that was easier. It's, we've, all got, we've all got challenges. But we need to remember God's faithfulness. We have to remember His faithfulness, because if we forget, what happens is our hearts grow hard, and we start mut- we start muttering, we start murmuring, or we start, you know, blame culture and all. The- and just, He doesn't want that. I don't know you're a community that doesn't do that ever. But if you're ever in a place that does do it, you've got a message for them, okay? And um, so John and I were having a quick conversation about this, and uh, I'll just read a little bit out. Um, I will actually get to a kind of message at some point, if you're really lucky, and pray hard. So, (laughs) get going. (laughs) Uh, So this was back in May, 9th of May. Uh, Good morning. Uh, This might sound a bit wacky, which is pretty much how she starts every email to me, because normally it is. Um, But she talked about Joshua and how God instructed two altars to be constructed. I'm seeing John... John here, your John, instigate an annual Thanksgiving service, remembering all that God has done that year, taking an offering which could be given away to another's project which God will indicate. This in itself is significant. Note they built one altar outside Jericho, which was a fortress barring the way into the promises. I sense this will again bring down the walls that the enemy has tried to rise against them. There's more in verse five in this whole sixth thing about Joshua, where the leaders went back to the, where the presence of God stood in the midst of their deliverance and took remembrance stones from an altar on land, and built an altar there in Jordan, which should never be seen again, but it marked their way out of activity. I sense there is a need to put down such a marker, but I'm not sure what the marker should be yet. But it will be significant. And then, because I hadn't quite replied to her fully, I got a nag. <laughs> And uh, so I said to John, "Listen, you know, I know you're a generous church, and I know that you give to you've got India, you've got other things. I know that you give to and everything. And so I, I slightly questioned the um, uh, the language she was using, if you like. But I did agree with the whole thing about being faithful, being thankful for the faithfulness of God over a period of time. And I, I said to John, I said." It needs to be something that's like really cool. You know, we don't want a couple of pebbles. It has to be something that's that's good. And John said, "Oh well, I've seen this thing, and so that might unfold (laughs) over time. So just so you know, if it all goes horribly wrong, then um, I'm to blame. The John's to blame rather. And if it all goes horribly right, I I, I get the credit. Uh, And Pat, is that is that a a we deal on that? Are we good?" Mm. So, yes, good. Wow. It's, it's just so good to be with you. I mean, we've we talked about the whole sort of power of the prophetic. We've talked about over the weekend. And I urge if you weren't there, to listen to it and meet some of the people that were there. Because I I don't say this lightly. I feel it was, even though it doesn't seem that we haven't got all the ice cream, we haven't got the bangs and the fizz and the pops. And I love that stuff. I love the jerking and the shaking and the falling over and the standing up. And the, I love all that. I love it. But there are times stake. There are in need steak. And the times where we have to dig. There are times where we have to... Dig down and, you know, with the knowledge that God is with us, with the knowledge that the angel is leading us, with the knowledge that God is ahead of us, leading us into something, we have to dig. And so that this weekend has been that. And I've been very focused, very intentional about it. And I said that to John. That's why the visit is shorter this time. Because it's like, this is what I'm here to do. And I've given you a tool set. And the tool set is understanding that when you get a prophetic word... It's going to be a battle. You're supposed to use it to wage the good warfare. We looked at that in Timothy. And I said, this is how you start to process it. That, that will kick-start something. Why did God give it to you? He gave it to you because you needed it for something you were coming into. He needed it because he wanted to change you in some way. But I'm also conscious that some people will say, well, I'm not sure about prophecy, and I'm not sure about this and that, and what about the word and, and everything. And So what I want to do, I want to look at <clears throat> a kind of prophetic prayer, if you like, so what I want to I want to ask you this question this morning, and the question is, if there was an opportunity to talk to someone who had actually been to heaven, spent some time with Jesus, uh, you know, that, that that and has a absolute this is absolutely guaranteed he has done that, and Jesus has taught him about all sorts of things, and he was one of the first people that had that sort of teaching, and you had the opportunity to say to him, could you pray for us? How would you feel it? Would that be a good prayer? Would that be a good prayer? Would he be praying from a perspective that perhaps might blow our brains, but it's a perspective that is a good perspective? Yes? Well, I happen to know one. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had these incredible encounters with God. He was the one that was on the horse. He was murdering the Christians, yes. I mean, I, I guess most of us are familiar with that. If you're not familiar with that, essentially he was a, a man. He was a scholar. He was intellectual. He was very, very well respected. He hated Christians. He hated Christians because he was trying to uphold the Jewish faith. And as far as he was concerned, they were trying to destroy the Jewish faith, which wasn't true, but that was his thing. So he, had, he was a man of murderous intent, and uh, he was killing Christians. He was killing, murdering Christians. This man is not good news for the church. And yet, God, in his amazing, amazing grace, knocks him off his horse as he's about to go and murder a whole bunch more. And he, God blinds him with light from heaven. So, kind of, that's a way to get saved. That's a way to come to Christ, isn't it? (laughs) And then, and then the first thing that happens to him, he, he finds himself in a, a place and then a disciple from another part, someone that was following Jesus in another sort of part of the city or even another city, I'm not sure exactly which it was, but someone in another part of town, let's say, has a vision. in the vision, Jesus comes to him and he says, uh, Hey, uh, can you go talk to that guy, uh, Saul? Because before Paul was Paul, he was known as Saul. Can you can go talk to Saul? and tell him that he's my chosen vessel. Like, good night, Jesus. (laughs) It's like, you know, I don't know, when Bin Laden was alive. Bin Laden, David, the God speaks to me, Bin Laden is my chosen vessel. I really don't think so. I really don't think so. But that was the thing, and so... So, you know, this Ananias goes over there and he, he talks, he says, he says, basically, God's going to, this is what's happened. You've been blind in the horses, you're, this is what you're going to do. God's your chosen vessel, you're going to suffer many things for the faith, and da 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 da. So, this is the heritage of the man we're talking about. This is also the man that, in another part of the scripture, he said, listen, I, was, I, I, I could boast of a man that was caught up into the heavens, the third heaven, and who saw things that he can't even utter. And. And you think, whoa, so he's had this incredible encounter with God, which, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want that kind of encounter. To be It sounds a bit, I mean, would that be a bit scary? Blinded for three days? First prophetic word, you're going to suffer many things. Not a happy moment, but that's the, that's the heritage of the man. He then um, uh, has this uh, thing where he talks about, listen, I was caught up into heaven, I did this. He was hidden for many years. And m- most uh, theologians and scholars would say during that time he was basically encountering God in the heavenlies, and he couldn't talk about lots of it. But you get an indication of what he saw, and I want That's why I wanted to read this scripture. And I said, it's, it's, you know, we, sometimes we want ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, and marshmallows, and you know. But today you're going to get some steak, so get your teeth sharp to chew it. So this is what is called an apostolic prayer. This is a prayer from the man that I've just described, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, he's praying for the church in a place called Colossia. He'd never visited it. He'd sent someone else that he knew, or he had certainly um, uh, likely been a convert from from Paul. Um, And in this prayer, he is bringing the centrality of Christ back to their remembrance, There were issues going on in the church where there was sort of of multi faith, there was Gnosticism, there were all these different sort of interpretations of, you know, what this means, and people coming from different backgrounds, and, and, you know, the whole kind of modernism and all this kind of stuff, all mixed up. And Paul's concern is to bring them back to the centrality of Christ. And I can't think of a better guy to do it, because, you know, he's been up there talking to the man. And so he says in uh, Colossians 1, We give thanks to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the love which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And he also learned from Epaphras, this is the guy that uh, was probably a convert of um, uh, Paul, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. He also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So this is sort of preamble, he's, we're giving thanks for you, we've heard of your faith, this is great. But then he sort of starts to nail into the centrality of Christ. He says, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, we're not ceasing to pray for you. Uh, to ask you that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created they're in heaven on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in, all him, in him all things consist. And he's the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I mean that's that's an Amen, isn't it? I mean that's just you know But I think it's really easy when we come to these passages, like the the kind of whole kind of language and the the um, uh, just the approach and everything, we can glaze over it. We can glaze over the power of this. Because we forget who he is, who, who Paul is. So you read this now, and we've got that revelation, we understand that you know, by visible and thrones or dominion, we, understand, we get that, all things are created by him, because Paul told us. But I want us just to think that, that Paul got this from heaven. He got this from heaven, he didn't get this, he said, I wasn't taught by a man, I was taught by, by him, Christ. The one that was sent, and one of the things I want to say to you as a church, you need to understand that that God, um, He is an absolute warrior. He is insanely battle-minded. Bring it on, is his mentality, and He He's absolutely up for it, and He He, he, he doesn't He doesn't back down. It's like when Satan rebelled, when the you know the angels fell. It's like I'm not. He didn't defend heaven. He invaded earth. Invaded earth. The, the act of Jesus coming was a complete uh, battle statement. It was just it's, it's genius. And Paul, this guy that I've just been speaking about, he's been knocked off his, you know, that is an aggressive move. Now, yes, there's love in God. And the, the love of God, it's like it talks about the peace of God. The peace of God will shortly crush Satan under your feet. That is a battle term. The peace of God is a weapon. And so Paul is in this place with Jesus and he's hearing, Jesus is teaching him this stuff and out of that teaching, when he starts to see things happening in churches, when he's concerned about that or when he's thinking, I need to pray for this, this man is praying from a place that is absolutely soaked in, in presence, soaked in possibility, soaked in hope, soaked in, there's nothing impossible in that place. He's praying from that place. That's why we don't get these prayers sometimes. How can how can Paul, how, how can a man say, I'm asking you to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding? This is not like, you know, how, how about, can you give me 1% of that? <laughs> 1% would do, wouldn't it? You know, we could probably do a whole bunch more, even that we're doing now, if we just had 1% of all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Yes? Does anyone here have more than, you know, please, you come up and preach if you've got more, because this is, you know... <clears throat> but but he's saying it's all, all. Why can he say that? It's because he's been there, and he's seen. He's seen. If, if we could get this, if we could actually start to get this stuff, then, like, wow. I, I and I'd be saying, Paul, can we just not say fifty percent? Let's go fifty percent. on, Let's do a deal for twenty percent. You know. <laughs> don't 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 make it so extreme. Don't make it so extreme that it's not possible. He's going. But you've not been there. You've not been there. If you'd been there, you'd understand. You'd understand why I'm praying this. Why I'm writing these prayers to you, because this is what we can. We want to ask God for. You know, don't ask God for a half thing of water. Ask for a whole thing. Don't ask for one bottle. Ask for two bottles. Ask for twenty bottles. A hundred bottles. You know, whatever, whatever it is. And then, okay, so. Okay, well let's, just, let's gloss over that for the moment. The knowledge of this will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So always knowing what we should do because we have the understanding to know what we should do. Does anyone want that? Okay, so one of the things that happens with me, people say, how can I pray for you? I go, pray this. <laughs> Put my name in. Pick one of the verses. I don't care. Just pray for this for me. When you think of me, pray for this. So I'm saying to you, if you remember me, the man with the cufflinks, the thermometers, start to know where I am in the world. Pray for me. take this scripture and pray this for me and my family. Um Pat I know is praying this for you guys. So let's look at the okay, so let's assume we're struggling a bit the knowledge is will an all spiritual one month w blah 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 knowledge of his will in, all in wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord yeah okay well that's good because we're made righteous in him and you know the blood of Christ cleanses us I mean we know that don't we and we have our stuff and we have our baggage and God heals us as we go and, and uh, you know he's always dealing with us in some area we've all got our own stuff but we're made righteous So, we could work with that. That's okay. Fully pleasing him. Fully? (laughs) Are you insane, Paul? (laughs) How can he say this? I mean, seriously, have you ever read this? How can the Apostle Paul say this? How can he say it, Lefty? How can he say it? How can say Lefty, do you know what? I want you to fully please him. Like, fruitful in every good work. What does that mean? Everything you touch, nothing fails. Nothing fails, ever. That's what it means. It's like, let's not get all the spiritual, you know, you know fruitful in every good way. Oh, that's nice. No, he's saying nothing will fail. Everything you touch your hand, every, everything you touch your hand to will succeed, will prosper. Because you're being led by him. Because you've got the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so you know what you should do. Therefore, you're doing what he needs to be done. Therefore, it will bear fruit. Did anything Jesus do ever not bear fruit? He's our big brother. He's shown us the way. And so I can imagine, and now I'm speculating, okay, so if you're theologians and scholars, don't stone me. But Paul had such a revelation of that place, heaven, that he he knew that this was possible. And he prayed these bold, audacious, ridiculously insane, whatever word you want to use, what would the Canadian word be? I don't know. But crazy, just off the wall, fully, fully pleasing him. Not just, you know, on a Tuesday when we're at a home group, or on a Wednesday when we've recovered from home group, or whatever it is. <laughs> Not on a Sunday between 9 and 11, or 10 and 12, or 10 and 3, because I'm going to preach for several hours, as you know. Um, <laughs> Okay, so being fruitful in every good work. I want you just to, let's just say la. Let's pause there. And I want you just to imagine that everything you touch becomes fruitful. That will do our heads in. Because we never think that way. We never, ever think that way. I don't think that way. And, you know, even all the amazing people in in the kingdom. None of them think that. We're going that way. But to even start with the fact that it's a possibility is a start. And we know it is because Paul prayed it and he's been there. So he has he's walked through heaven. He's walked with Jesus. He's had the teaching from Jesus. And Jesus has shown him things. And from that place he's saying... Do you know what? This is actually possible because of the resources in heaven, because I've seen the things he can do, because he's shown me the power he is, and as we start to unwrap it more as we go later in the, a bit darker, you know, further along, we see some of the incredible things that he says. So, strengthen with all might. All might! Can you stop using this word all, Paul? All, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, that's a play But can you stop using the word all? Because. It's hard for us. I'd strengthen all my. I I mean, again, I'd go for like maybe 1% of my. That'd be good. Get a lot more done. According to his glorious power, for all patience. Oh, no. Really? (laughs) All patience and long suffering. Okay, I'm going to gloss over that. We don't want long suffering. But. All again. It's this word all. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. And so he's saying, listen, this is this is your inheritance. I've seen it. We're, we're involved in a whole bunch of legal stuff for my uncle, uh, my, my wife's uncle at the moment. And, and uh, we, we, we've, he's got dementia and we're having to go through a long, long process of trying to get the right from the courts to look after his affairs for him. And we have to prove all sorts of things that we're good people and kind people and not going to run off with the money and buy a villa in Spain or, you know, whatever it is. And and I read this, and it was like, you know, we have seen the inheritance that is not just for us, but for, the ch- you know, for children and for brothers and sisters and stuff like this. But we've seen the inheritance. And so... I, this, this is another, it's like giving thanks to the Father and we're like, I'm understanding this a bit more. It's like, he saw the inheritance that's been laid up for us. P- the Apostle Paul saw in heaven the inheritance that's laid up for you, Tesh. And that's all he can say, all patience. And then it's this whole delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed to the kingdom of the Son of his love. I mean, that's an incredible statement and i won 't focus in on that, but again it 's just this you know did he see it? Did he see this when you when he comes to these prayers remember this is this is the man that 's been to heaven this is a man that got knocked off by a by the light, blinded on the hall. he then he then is in the wilderness for all these years he had encounters with God, he then comes back, he builds church, he plants churches, he goes through incredible. Uh, uh, awful situations and yet he's the man that the scripture primarily, the New Testament is written by he prays for this church, he prays for this church he's never been to so he's never been to your church possible, I don't know of and um, but we can pick up these prayers that he prayed for us and we were talking this weekend about uh, taking the, you know, possessing the promises, taking hold of the prophetic words we've received, and, you know, if you haven't got any, these are prophetic words for you. You are called to walk fully pleasing Him. Speak that over yourself. Take that. Ask people to pray that for you. It's powerful. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, and then we. That's. I know you've talked a lot and preached a lot on that. I'm sure. But he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, they are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Where did Paul get that information from? Where did Paul get that information from? Now, it could be that it just came through kind of revelation, the Holy Spirit just revealing things to him. But again, I, I just want to imagine... Like This is such a powerful statement. It's such a powerful statement. It's about things that are not spoken about generally. I I think he must have seen this from the spiritual realm. And I I, want to imagine something, okay? And I know this is speculative, but I love picturing. I love visual. I I love imagining what it was like. It's like when I I read the New Testament and Jesus walking and the disciples there and he's confronting the Pharisees. I, I, I smell the dust. I'm there. I want to picture it. What was it like? Those Pharisees must have been so mad at him. He was so offensive. And what about when you come to him and you're worried about your bank account and you're worried about where the next dollar is going to come from and he doesn't say, oh, it's okay, there, there, there. He says, oh, the birds of the field, they're okay and the lilies of the field. It's like, well, that does not help me. That's rude. Yes? But he has a different perspective. He's coming from a different place. And... And I love, I love that. So sort of, what, so here it's like, how the heck did Paul learn this? For by so he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created; they're in heaven and they're on earth, visible and invisible. Visible and inv- invisible means you can't see them. Yes. So how do you get to know about them? Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So I get his picture of Jesus in heaven. And maybe taking Paul on a journey like a kind of chariot or something or a great elevator like Charlie to Charlie the Chocolate Factory. I don't know, but something. And giving him a guided tour of the invisible. Can you imagine it? What? Hey, you see that one over there? I created that. Now we're talking about the powers and principalities that we hate and hate us. Created by him. Oh, that, His name's that. Ah, oh, yeah, he was one of the leaders. That's why he's up here. But he's ruling over this area at the moment. But we'll take him down, Paul. The church in Ephesus. Well, that's where Satan has his throne. But, but, but we'll, we can, we can, we can deal with those things because he's lost. What he's lost? Yeah, he's lost. Why? Because I'm the firstborn over all creation. The confidence, the absolute and utter confidence who he is, what he's about that he is absolutely the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. Any evil spirit, any being that is there, anything that attacks us, anything that comes at us, anything that is over, poor burning, all those things created by him and for him. That is a crazy thought. But I hope it gives us some rest and peace. And when we get close to Jesus, he can talk to us about these things. You know, The disciples are with him and they try to do something and he's going, ah, this one will only come out with fasting and prayer. Yeah, thats I don't want to use anyone's name, so I think of a ridiculously crazy name. Okay. Oh, that's, Claud- that's Claudio. And uh, Claudio, yeah, well we made it so that he has a particular kind of weakness and uh, we made it like that way because we knew he'd fall anyway. So if people fast, we can boot Claudio out. I hope you get what I'm saying there. So t- I think Paul's having this kind of guided tour over these years of the places, the things that, that he has. And he's seen. he's looking down, he's saying, oh yeah, that throne, this, this dominion. So that's a throne, Paul. That's a dominion. This is a power. This is principality. But all of them are made for me and through me. For me, through me. Because I'm the image of the invisible God. And, 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 and Paul, you need to know I'm before all things. And actually, all of this would fall apart without me. And then he talks about the church. Oh, I'm Paul. I'm the head of the body. I'm the head. I am the head of me on the earth. Oh, and, and you're also up here as well. So you're in two places at once. You know the kind of two realms thing. But he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. In all things he might have the preeminence. It's like the centrality of Jesus Christ. The one who was sent from heaven to die on a cross for us is teaching Paul about who he is. I'm hoping you get a hold of this prayer and and and, and do it to death. <laughs> Dig into it. What is it? You know, wow! If we even walked in like a minuscule bit of this, you imagine the change. Imagine what we could do. So it pleased the father that in him all the all the all this word all again all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things in earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross. We think this cross sometimes is about me and it is about me. It is about David, it is about John, it is about Lefty. it is about all, all of us here. It's about the whole of all, all, all poravani. But it's about creation. It's about reconciliation of all things. It's redeeming all things. And one of the Holy Spirit is doing at the moment is he's helping to understand, particularly in the charismatic churches, that you know, the church is an expression of the kingdom. But it's not the kingdom. The kingdom is what we do out there. This is a training ground. This is a place of gathering. This is a place of coming in and having the testimonies and throwing stuff on the altar and saying, God, we thank you for what you're doing. And we want to bless you and we bring this and we thank you for all these things that are happening. We thank you that in my workplace, you know, I used to be really lacking in confidence, but now I, I know who I am in Christ and so I can, I can be more confident. I thank you and we throw it in the altar and we, we say, thank you, Father. That's the place. This is that's what that, This is here. And we worship him because we can't believe the goodness. We can't believe there's someone somewhere that actually knows what's going on. In the midst of our turmoil. In the midst of our, you know, maybe last night even someone was thinking, I can't go on anymore. I want to finish it all. I can't stand this earth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. But here, you're here this morning. Because God has got you here not by accident. It's because he's got a purpose and a destiny for you. We don't know what's going on out there. But he does. He knows all things. We know he knows all things because it says the fullness should dwell and by him he's reconciling all things. He's reconciling the water to him. He's reconciling the lands to him. He's reconciling aspects of society to him. He's reconciling business. I love that whole thing. Peace through the blood of his cross. I could go on, but I'm not going to because I know some of you will want to eat today. I gave you a tool set the last couple of days to take hold of things that God has said to you. This is another way to possess the promises. Just in that prayer, there are promises we can take hold of. If you feel like you are full with the knowledge of his will, then don't pray this prayer. I think you're probably like me and you're not full with the knowledge of his will. But also understand the power of this prayer. These are not just words on a page. These are not some just dusty, dusty, in a badly battered book, uh, words. These are something that has been written by a man who's been there. He has been taught by Jesus. He has been given this information and out of that information, that revelation, that, I can't even think of the word, but that amazingness that he's been given He's written these prayers for this church. He hasn't been to, and Apostle Paul hasn't been to this church. So we're in the same, we're in the same place. We can take these words, just like the church at Colossae could, and say we're going to pray these. We're going to pray these. We're going to declare these. We're going to take one scripture, maybe one, just one scripture, and pray it over ourselves. I pick the one that you want. Don't go with all of it. Pick the one you want. I really want to work worthy of the Lord. You know, there might be some people here this morning you're going, Do you know what? I blow it just like every single day. And I've tried and I've tried. And I know we've got, you know, obviously John's already referred to sort of people that are struggling with addictions here. So, you know, I know that naturally. But, you know, he absolutely understands it. And he's saying, Look, you there's a way of walking worthy of God. Now, he's made you righteous. He's made you already right. So you can always come back to him. You can always come back to him. There's no alienation now. But what happens is is there is a way of walking worthy, which means you can fully please him. As you fully please him, what happens is not that you just change. It's not that you just become a better citizen. And I just want to speak to you. It's not about becoming a better citizen. It's as you change, as you become more like him, you become more like him. Because what happens is heaven starts to get attracted even more. You speak the words that heaven speaks about you, heaven will start to respond. You speak the words the devil is speaking about you, the devil will respond. So, take some of these and speak them over yourself. Better that than what the media is saying or what the devil is saying or what what your friends that are not actually good for you are saying. So, I'm perhaps going a bit far on that, but this is all tool sets. These are all tool sets for you to take hold of. And for the leadership to work with you guys uh, to, to really embed some of these ways of possessing the promises. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to just be quiet for a moment and just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I get up before you each time I come. I have so much in my heart. It's like. And i was sitting there saying, "Lord, are there any words of knowledge for healing and stuff?" And like half the church stand up. I'm like, oh, "Or more, three quarters of the church." Like, oh, I'm glad I didn't have all those words of knowledge because I'd have been here all. But there was someone with an el- right elbow just here. So if that's you, if you want to just put your hand up now. Like a, it's a. I don't know if it's a locking or a clicking. Your right elbow. Great. Pick one that hasn't isn't here. Ha ha ha. Okay, so something just around here. So just a few people, could just put your hands on them and just just pray. Specifically for elbow, right elbow, is it clicking or something that's, that's happening there? And uh, I've kind of alluded to it and you might not want to share, but I, I really strongly sense of someone last night, they felt they wanted to end it all. And um, I know it's not a happy Sunday morning message, but God loves you and if you need prayer, then come to either Fred or Glenda or John or Cheryl or me if I'm, I'm not praying with others, and just get that thing, get that thing sorted. <coughs> Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that in him all things dwell, the fullness dwell. Thank you that all things are made for him and through him and for him. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, we're in this together, we're in this thing together to pursue you, to pursue your promises, and then to possess your promises. Help us to pursue you well. Help us to pursue you accurately and with pace. I pray for an acceleration on this church. I pray for, I keep getting this crazy phrase for you guys, like lunches and launches, lunches and launches, lunches and launches. That, uh, more lunches, are going to be more lunches, and there're going to be more launches, and the launches is all about sort of profile, but it's new things being released and set up, and I just I just see like just rockets sort of going off and launches and, and and this whole thing about lunches. Lunches is a key thing for you here, and I know you're full of hospitality, but something about lunches that there's a real grace on it. If you're thinking of setting up some other lunches, then then be bold in it and do it. And then the other thing I've got a whole thing about is lunges and luges. And that's a crazy word, isn't it? Lunges. And I feel like sometimes you felt, as a church, you kind of lunged for things and it's pulled a muscle almost. And there's some people you feel, oh, and so I want to... If it's someone who's got a kind of muscle pain just here, right, it's almost like it's a representation of the, the kind of... You've lunged for things sometimes and it's... Because you weren't warmed up properly, it's almost like it's, it's kind of pulled a muscle or it's strained a muscle... And and so I want to pray I want I want people that have got a kind of strain or muscle or problem down this area that, that that if you just put your hand up and we'll get a few people to pray for you. I think that'd be really good because I think so can you just keep your hands up so that just a few people could gather around you. So there's one here and did you put your hand No, okay. Uh just just, just here. So there's one person, just a few people could gather around, that'd be great. And what's luges? Luges go incredibly fast. And they're flipping dangerous. That's a great English, flipping is an English expression. Um, I hope it's not a swear word here. Um, (laughs) I have got into trouble with that before in other countries where I've said something and it's a swear word. And this sort of stillness (laughs) comes over the congregation. But um, pure culture stuff. Um, But luges, luges, who's ever seen a luge race. Can a few people just pray for this lady here? Uh, who's seen a luge race? Anyone? Okay, well a luge is when you... Uh, I need someone. Can you lie down? Because I don't want to talk and lie down. That'll be... Will your back be alright? Do you need to pray for healing afterwards? <laughs> Basically that's the position for a luge. And you you, you have to absolutely trust your training... <laughs> Because when you're there, you go really, really fast, and you are on ice. Like it is crazy, and the slightest movement, because of the pace, it it takes you completely off the edge. And if you, so you have to be really, really well trained. (laughs) Because if you go down this thing and you're not trained, you are going to come, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself and possibly others. And so that's the position. And you're, down, you're going on this thing, and you go absolutely fast. It's Olympics, the Winter Olympic sport. And and the key thing about it is that I think God is saying, I want you to go fast. I want you to, as a church, go faster into things. That and an acceleration. But you need to know that His hand on you will be stronger because the slightest change, the slightest weight undistribution, and poof, you're off to the left you're off to the right. We want the pace. We want the acceleration. We want things that should take five years to happen in one year because then we can reach and touch more people. But but he has something that he wants you to know that when you, when you, when you want that and when that starts to happen, you need to know that he's going to come in you know, with, with, it's like he's going to correct things quickly. and He has to because in a luge if you just lean slightly the wrong way Weight's just wrong. You're a bit heavier than you were before. All that kind of stuff. It's, a, it's a, a very sensitive sport. And he wants you to be super, super sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So that you keep on track. Because I know you've got hunger of the supernatural. And I know you want that. And desperate. I've seen churches completely blow up because of that pursuit. And it's, I love that side of things. You have to have the word you have to have that stability you have to understand that if you want that kind of pace you want that kind of pursuit that you have to know that god's hand will become stronger on you to correct you to direct you to no we can't go yet we can't do that just yet because if you do your weight distribution's just off that relationship is just off for the moment the way you think about money is just off for the moment the way you talk about your city it's just off at the moment. You can't move at the pace. I can't give you that profile yet. I can't give you the profile because you're still bad-mouthing the city. I don't want that to come out. It's a big responsibility. But I can only say that in the context of this. Because we've got the answer. We can pray. And thanks, John. You can stand up now. Pray for healing for John, everyone. Um, and a round of applause for John. Uh, I can, oh yeah, we can say this because we can look at this and go, yeah, well, he actually wants this for us. But we need to understand some of the things that go around it. So there you go. I'm going to, um, I'm going to hand it back over to John, who might be able to get up with his back. And um, we'll just see what we do now.